0: We've been talking a lot about Joe Flacco and the legacy he's already brandished here in Cleveland um, and whether or not he can already be considered a Cleveland sports icon, what it would take for him to be in that category of, per, of player um, for this town if he hasn't gotten there yet. And the cut, the, the turn to this has become if he wins a Super Bowl – I think he's obviously in that conversation for everybody across the board if he wins the Super Bowl, but how high on the list does he make it? Like, Could he actually surpass LeBron James as in terms of a Cleveland sports icon um, or a Cleveland sports legend is maybe the better way to put it? If he wins the Super Bowl with this franchise here this year in a season that has been so up and down and just so many different emotions and so many times you thought it was all coming crashing down and, and of all the people to save your season – or keep things afloat. It's Joe Flacco, 38 years old, coming off the couch at his home in uh on the in in New Jersey. Like unreal. Just unreal. The story is incredible. The person doing it all is incredible. I think he does pass LeBron if that happens. And I've kind of laid out why, but again, it it just has so much to do with this franchise and how passionate this city is. I mean, we say it all the time. This city is a football-crazed city. They love their Browns more than anything in the world. So for the, for it to be a Super Bowl championship at that position that has eluded them for so long, they've been longing for somebody like Joe Flacco to lead this team at quarterback. How does he not top the list of Cleveland sports legends even in one season, not even a full season? I think it would absolutely happen. We're a ways away from that. I think he's at least on the list already. He's in the club, as I used as my metaphor a little bit earlier, but I do think that uh, he would surpass LeBron if he if he pulled off the um, what was thought to be impossible to win a, a Lombardi. Uh, Larry and Illyria up next in the fan. What's up, Larry? Hey, how's it going, Spencer? I, the, the reason I was calling Spencer and mentioned about, about the
1: Brownies, too, you know, who we'd like to see him face, but um, the gentleman mentioned Don Strzok back then where the uh, undefeated team, it was Earl Morrill. That, that game that year, that year he's talking about, the Browns almost beat the undefeated Dolphins that year. Matter of fact, I remember watching that game. It was like in the fourth quarter, we were up like 14-13, and Jim Kick scored a winning touchdown to go ahead, Then up like 20-14 to 14 or something like that. Yeah. 20 13, but that's what it was. It was Earl Morrill, the old man, like 38 years old. Matter of fact, the same age, if I'm right, Kind of same same age as Joe Franco was, because so Greasy what happened? Greasy broke his ankle. That Earl Moore took over for him that year, then, uh I think uh, Bob
0: Greasy finished the uh, Super Bowl game. You're really taking us. On. You're really taking us on a long time memory lane there, Earl, with uh, with the throwback references. But, but, but I tell you what, Joe Spencer, the team though, would worry the most. And I hate to say it, had the most
1: drops it was the Chiefs. If they somehow hold on to the ball and get their act together, because their defense is tough, Spencer. Yeah. But if, yeah. I, just, I hate to say that, but, man, if, if they get their act together and offense and start holding on to the ball, then they'd be a tough opponent to beat, man, big time.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, a fair perspective, and I am going to get to that here coming up in a little bit. The, the Chiefs have – and, Larry, I appreciate the call as always, my man. Um, happy New Year to you. I, I do think that the Chiefs are starting to get some things together uh, Rasheed Rice has been more of a better a better downfield threat for them. He's starting to sort of find some things, and I know that, especially because he was on my one of my fantasy teams this year. Um, and, and the other thing is, too, at this point, Mahomes is in that class of quarterback where you're just like, yeah, you don't want to bet against him. Uh, back to the phones you go, Jason and Avon, you're up next in the fan.
1: Thanks, Vince. Happy New Year, man. You too. Uh- the thing about Flacco that really uh, sticks out to me is how he came in here and and his humility is huge. I think our people appreciate that, but how he almost like unwrapped something that was sitting there, sitting in the garage the whole time. And he like, you know, let me take a look at it. And all of a sudden, Cooper looks like, like Cooper in the last four games, you'd say no doubt pro bowler, Joku no doubt pro bowler. And these guys were okay. They were good at times, but never have we seen, like, where, where was this? And so I think that puts a lot of pressure on Deshaun because he had all this stuff to work with, and, and he had moments, but never did we realize how good of a team Barry put together.
0: Yeah, I, that's been on full display this year. And Jason, I appreciate the call. It's why I think Barry deserves credit and should be up for executive of the year. The coaching and Kevin Stefanski, you know, allowing his team to persevere through all the injury issues and through all the adversity. He deserves to be in the conversation for coach of the year. I think he deserves to win coach of the year. Like all of that has been unlocked by Flacco playing so well. People are seeing it like they've just, just basically like they've never. We've 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 seen the offense have moments like you allude to, but we've never seen it this good. I mean, even like like credit to Kevin Stefanski, he got a lot out of Jacoby Brissett last year. He got the best out of Baker Mayfield the year that they were the, the years they worked together, or at least the year they went to the playoffs together. This is like a whole another level, and it's because he has a veteran quarterback he can trust, who's got a strong arm, who's running the offense effectively. It has been like every, at every turn, the decisions they've had to make to bring in XYZ players and fit the culture and fit the team and fit the dynamic. It's, it's all worked. It's like every single decision has been the right straw to stir the drink. And Flacco's at the forefront of that. It's why I think truly he is already establishing himself. As, a, as, a, as an iconic Cleveland legend just over the span that he's already played and what he's already accomplished. Jerry in Cleveland, you're up next to the fan. What's up, Jerry? I, I just want to disagree
2: with you on what you said about LeBron James. Okay. Because you have to go, go to what LeBron James has done. He would have won two championships if two of the players didn't get hurt. Then the Cavaliers completely dominated basketball while LeBron James was here. We completely dominated the Eastern Conference. We went to the championship several times, and he was also considered the best player by some people, the best player of all time. So, I don't think anybody in Cleveland will ever come close to
0: that. It's like you're downplaying everything okay, but, else he did. And, wait, 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 Jerry, real quick, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay anything LeBron did. That was certainly not my 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 point with any of this. Um, I do think. Let me ask you this. If it was, if Joe Flacco had played the majority of his career here or this was like he was in the middle of his career and he's taking the Browns on this great run and they go win a Super Bowl and he's like our quarterback. Because on some level, when all the dust settles on this, he will always be a Baltimore Raven first, right? So yeah. with that in mind, if you think about it with that perspective – would that quarterback, like if Baker Mayfield had panned out won a Super Bowl here, would that quarterback be enough to surpass LeBron James? Because it is that team and it is that position.
2: I would still say no because like I said, the Cavaliers dominated the league. If you remember, it was Golden State and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were expected to, those teams were expected to go to the championship every year. And this In fact, you don't even see that in basketball anymore. It's always a different team winning the championship. I mean, we dominated. No, we didn't get it all. Remember the Denver Broncos when they would uh, lose in the Super Bowl? Yeah. And some people kind of picked and laughed at them. But they went to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. You can't laugh at that. No,
0: no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I've always been a big proponent of people using the losses against LeBron as unfair. Larry, or Sorry, Jerry, I apologize. I appreciate the call, man, um, and offering a different perspective on it. I, I'm not trying to say my point with the LeBron Flacco thing wasn't to disparage LeBron and what he's accomplished and the legacy he's left and what he still does for and means to Northeast Ohio. That, that was certainly not my point with any of it. I'm just saying, I know this town, I know how long we have craved and longed for a quarterback like Joe Flacco to lead this team to that, the Super Bowl. We always talk about, we just had a caller bring it up, what 2016, what the parade was in 2016, double it, triple it maybe, for a Browns parade if they pulled this thing off. Like... That's stuff of legend. And so from a Cleveland sports legend standpoint, even if it's maybe like we, you put him ahead of LeBron for a period of time and then when the dust settles, you look back later and you're like, I think LeBron maybe still deserves to be above him because of everything he did. We could, we could re- It's almost like a revisit the conversation. But I think there would at least be a point in time where he would surpass LeBron because he plays that position on this team in Cleveland that we loved so dearly. And have waited so long to see be good and get to that plateau, it would be stuff of of I mean it's the stuff of dreams. It is what Cleveland fans have dreamed of forever. And that's I was in this conversation with Bohm off air. Um, like on some level, what LeBron did, it was great. He ended the drought. You you and you have the great runs of the finals. Those are always fun. But we always kind of said like that team ends the drought. The, go- the dream scenario is always and has always been win a Super Bowl with the Cleveland Browns. Whoever's the quarterback of the team that does that first, they are going to be able to walk on water in this town. Rich and Ashtabula, you're up next. Hi, great show, guys. I have no doubt
3: in my mind that Joe Flacco can lead us to the promised land. But... He can always use a little more help. I've been brain I've been busting my brain for almost a month on what kind of help we could get in the backfield. We have a weapon if we use them the right way. Okay. Who's the fastest who's the fastest, most agile and strongest person on that team? Miles Garrett.
0: Every you want Miles a while, Garrett lining up a tailback?
3: Every once in a while, put him in the backfield. It's going to cause the defense fits. Don't even give him the ball. <laughs> it's going to cause the defense fits. Uh,
0: I love it. I love it's it.
3: It's going to draw. It's going to draw the. It's going to cause the uh defensive backs in. In case we get in the ball
0: and it's gonna leave the receivers wide open. All right, Rich. Now listen, I, I love here's the thing. Just what I wanted to say, get the hell out of here, Rich. That's too far fetched. I'm reminded that Kevin Stefanski loves doing some gimmicky stuff on offense. And it like like the day he pulls out Miles Garrett in the backfield, I mean he's got Nick Harris doing it. Why not Miles Garrett as a lead blocker or a tailback or something in a in a in the Super Bowl to clinch you Get a first down that clinches you the game or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if Stefanski pulled that one out. All right, couple more calls before the break. Um, is this supposed to say Cleveland and Cleveland, Cleveland and Cleveland? What you got, my man?
4: Hey, uh, somebody's a little bit too high on moonshine from New Year's still. Uh, <laughs> Put Miles Garrett in the backfield. I mean, come on. I thought we got. I thought we stopped doing that stuff when we started having Harrison Bryant. Uh, under center taking snaps. I mean, let's just play straight up football. And for one, um, I'm going to agree to disagree with you on the whole LeBron thing. Um, one thing about Flacco, I mean, yeah, in the moment when we win that Super Bowl, yeah, he's going to be at the, at the pinnacle, at the height of, of the greatest sports person in, in Cleveland. Uh, but that's just for the moment. I mean, let's 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 get real. I mean, Flacco's a hired gun. He's a mercenary. He's you know. Aren't, well, technically, he, aren't all these guys technically hired guns? Well, hey, LeBron's homegrown. Okay, he came up. We we followed him through high school and everything. Flacco came in, and so he's going to have his due. But I mean, you 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 can't put him at the top of the at the mountain okay. for for more than that. And then lastly, as sure. far as who I'm afraid of in the playoffs, um, believe it or not, I'm afraid of Houston. Okay. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you quickly why Houston, because we beat them with, when they were, you know, they didn't have their best defensive players out there. They didn't have Stroud. We would have to go there to play. Um, I think they would have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, and I also think that we would in our own way. And, and I, and I hope, this wouldn't be true, but in our own way, we would take them a little bit lightly because, you know, one, they're not a divisional opponent. Like, I'm not afraid of Baltimore because I know who Baltimore is. I know, I know how we match up against them. I'm not, I'm not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of Kansas City because Kansas City is booty. They got, they, they backed into the playoffs. So the only team that I could possibly see us ha- uh, having a slip up against would be Houston because they have, they have the matchup personnel to uh you know a good running back uh a, a good quarterback they have the people to to to, to sneak a, uh yeah sneak a victory out from us
0: all right and cl- yeah appreciate the comment i'm going to get more to the who you're most afraid of conversation coming up next but i want to get to one last caller here before we go to break uh q in cleveland what you got for me q happy new year to you
5: hey happy new year to you man uh you know what i'm i'm just i'm i'm a static but one of the fans just called in talking to LeBron stuff, man. You know, I, I I love LeBron, but we gonna we're gonna keep it all the way real on this show, man.
0: But that's what I'm here for. I'm here to keep it real with you.
5: This is a football town. This is a football town. We can we can dance around it all we want to. We love Cleveland sports, but this is a football town, and the Browns backers are all over the mm-hmm. world. I actually went to a. Uh, Arizona Cardinals game, man, where the the Browns fans outnumber the Cardinals fans. They don't understand the enormity of what would happen if the Browns even made it to the Super Bowl. If they won the Super Bowl, they would have to call the National Guard in here. Just like somebody said, (laughs) multiply that parade by three, you know, because they love football. It's a football town. It's a hard-working town. Uh, You know, it's it's blue-collar. You know, it's football, it's, it's down in the trenches, it's dirt and mud, man. Uh, I truly believe that if Flacco were to win the championship, the Super Bowl, Flacco should be lifted up, man, because no other quarterback, none has, able, has been able to win the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era of championships. So I'd give Flacco his flower. Yeah. Because nobody has done it, man, prior prior to Flacco. And if we manage to get into that situation and Flacco pulls us through, you better believe Flacco's jersey will be somewhere on a mural in Cleveland because he'll be the only yeah. one that's done.
0: Q, preach, my friend. That was the best call of this conversation. You are the caller of the night. We don't give out any kind of award for that thing. I can't send you anything in the mail. But you're the caller of the night right there. Well said. To kind of put the kibosh on the conversation as well. Appreciate you, Q. Thank you. He agreed with me. And I think he summed it up well. This is a football town. If he accomplishes that feat, he is instantly thrust to the top of the list. If Cleveland sports legends, let's take a break. When we get back, what team in the AFC playoff picture are you most worried about facing on a potential run to said Super Bowl that we've been talking about in this pie in the sky scenario? Also, I unveiled the topic for tonight's top five for Tuesday, top five that coming your way next on 92 to the fan. Ryan day has his work cut out for him after the cotton bowl. What an embarrassment that was Nick Wilson and I, cover it all and weigh in the college playoffs during our podcast. Sons of the shoe. We just dropped a new episode, the latest episode this afternoon. Talked a lot about Will Howard, the potential that he could be coming to Columbus. We talked about Ryan day and what the future holds for him and how he's got to get this thing fixed. And we talked a lot about Michigan winning a national championship. I'm going to come back to that a little bit later in the show. Um, But make sure you follow the podcast at 92 com in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and yours truly, Spencer German. 216-474-92. We had a couple people jump in on this. We were having the Joe Flacco Cleveland legend conversation. And uh, the gist of it is: as you get ready for the playoffs, I don't know that I'm overly concerned about any of the teams that the Browns would face on the AFC side of things. First of all, a bunch of them you've already beaten. Any of the three teams that you'd play in the first round you've beaten. Uh, You've beaten the Ravens at least once this year. In their barn, by the way. You've beaten, as I said, the Jaguars already this year. Some of the teams that could come in slotted uh, below you are well, I, I shouldn't say they're, they're cakewalks because the Bills are certainly a scary team. Um, but the other team that comes out of the, there's a team that could come out of the AOC South that wins. The the winner of Colts and uh, tight, or Texans basically is guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. And then it just comes down to whether or not the Jaguars lose or win or the Bills lose or win, who gets the other spots. So... Steelers could get in. Like, I'm not worried about any of these teams at at face value, especially the ones you've already played and beaten this year. But I do think we're the, we always talk about this with the NBA, like the postseason is just different. And I think that is very true for the NFL as well. And not entirely different, but there is some differences. And the way that the the, the just the, the, the way things are ramped up, and you know that your top performers, your 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 elite quarterbacks especially, are going to rise to the occasion in certain moments at that time of year. And so as I sort of prognosticate out, like who the bill, who the Browns, excuse me, could potentially play, and what it could all look like, if you have to go to Buffalo, because Buffalo wins the. Granted, you probably avoid them. Um, assuming that the Ravens, because you're going to end up, if you win, you're probably going to Baltimore unless the lower seed below you wins. Um, If you had to go to Buffalo, that wouldn't necessarily happen until the AFC Championship game. But if you did, like, that worries me a little bit because that Buffalo team, I think them and the Browns are the two teams in the playoffs this year on the AFC side that other teams just don't want to see. Like, that's the opponent... That you don't want to see on your schedule because they uh, they can really get you if the if, if things fall into place and they play their best football or even if they don't play their best football because the Browns turn it over a bajillion times and they still find ways to win. So I, I think those are the two most dangerous teams in the on the AFC side. So going to Buffalo if they were to sneak out or, or kind of right the ship here in the final week of the season and win the AFC North or excuse me, with the AFC East, I think that that's a team you'd like to avoid. But other than that, I think the answer has to actually be Kansas City. And it's solely because of the presence of Patrick Mahomes. I understand, well, Andy, Andy Reid, it's not fair, Andy Reid too. Um, like that guy's been there, he's done that. I understand maybe you could still gripe about his clock management late in games. That's probably still a problem for him in certain spots. But I've said it before, anytime the Patriots were in the playoffs, which is most of the time when they had Tom Brady, I got in the habit of just telling myself whether it was on this station or I guess technically I've done it on this station when he was with the Bucs the last couple of years, or if it was anywhere else. I would always say until Brady loses – or really just stubs his toe in the postseason, or, is, or he just is completely lost a step, then I have no faith he can play the quarterback position effectively and his team's just garbage. I will never bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And I think there was one time I did, and I, it came back to bite me. I want to say when he was with the Bucs, I bet against him. And he just went on and, you know, won another Super Bowl. His seventh. No big deal. So that was the mindset I always had with Brady when he was on the the playoff schedule. It was like, yeah, you're just not betting against that team. With Belichick, with Brady, New England, everything that franchise stood for over the stretch of their dynasty. You didn't want to get caught up picking against that team. I think the same thing applies, or the same respect level applies to Patrick Mahomes. You don't want to be the idiot who writes off the Chiefs too early or writes off Patrick Mahomes too early and says... Oh well, Travis Kelsey's shot, and he's too focused on his date nights with Taylor Swift to to go out win, and win championships anymore. And Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't have any receivers, so that whole their whole season is going to go in the toilet. Just you know, throwing the towel on their offense, it's over for them. I don't want to be that guy. I just don't want to be that guy. So as I sort of prognosticate this thing out, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs. Are, are the answer here? I, I think Kansas City is the team that worries you the most as you go into the as you go into this AFC playoff picture, and you actually would entirely avoid Kansas City until the well, I guess not entirely, because no, 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 you eh, you you would likely avoid them until the AFC championship game because assuming the, that Cleveland were to win in the first round. You're probably going on. You're, you're going on the road to one of the higher seeds, assuming both those teams win. Unless it was like just upset city, two teams, number two team loses in the first round, then Ray and, and and you know an even lower seed then goes and plays Baltimore, then maybe you get Kansas City. But it's unlikely you're seeing Kansas City earlier on in the playoffs. So, yeah, like I, I to me, I think the answer's got to be the Chiefs because of the presence of Patrick Mahomes, and because of the presence of Andy Reid, and just what... I mean, that team's been an establishment in recent years. And I get that it's a different team this year. They've had their fair share of struggles and all these different things. And I still like the Browns' chances against them. It's not that I'm going and fearing them. That's just the team that I think is the the biggest test to Cleveland. And ironically, it's the team that knocked you out of the playoffs a couple years ago. So... Any scenario that ends with you playing the Chiefs, I think it'd be a thrilling game. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think, too, that's a game that truly is like a measuring stick for this organization. Like, the Ravens being as good as the Ravens have been in recent weeks and they're on this hot streak since, uh, since the Browns beat them, yeah, like, beating them would feel good and it would certainly be a testament to how good the Browns are even with all the injuries and things this year. But you've beaten the Ravens before. In, in recent years, because the AFC North gets tough and rugged at times, and Kevin Stefanski's found ways to win those games, and, and and whatever, like there there's been some wins over that team because you're so used to them, you're so familiar with them, and that's why I'm not, I'm, I'm a little less worried about them because you've already beaten them once this year, and you kind of know what to expect going into that game. With the Chiefs, you kind of know what to expect because you got Patrick Mahomes, but you are at times just worried, like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop with him, where you're you're just fearful at any moment. He's going to make that play, that iconic play for that game or for this playoff run or whatever against you, and then you're sitting there holding the bag on the other end uh, on the receiving end of a Patrick Mahomes great game. So I think it's the Chiefs, if there's any team that you're pinpointing to be worried about. But to be clear, I like the Browns' chances against any of the teams in the AFC because I don't think this is the same Kansas City team of old. Granted, their defense has been phenomenal. Right up there with the Browns in some of these categories. And I think that obviously gives them a chance in any game. And when you're playing a game like that, like think about a game where you got two really good defenses. Quarterbacks matter in a scenario like that exponentially. Which quarterback is going to make that extra play? And as much as I love Joe Flacco, and I'm sitting there ranting and raving about him being a Cleveland sports legend already, I think Mahomes... You trust Mahomes a little bit more in those spots to be the one giving you the big moment or the big play that you need then maybe you do Joe Flacco, even with his veteran savviness that he's he's had. But he also is 38 years old. So I think for me the answer is the Chiefs, but I do think that the Browns have a good chance against any of these teams. Dolphins, I'm not afraid of the Dolphins in the least. They're locked in the playoffs no matter what. They'd either be the two seed or they'd fall to the six seed where the Bills are right now. I'm not worried about them. I also do agree with one of the callers we had last segment about the team that you could play in the first round. That worries me the most. We will get to that coming back. I'm going to push top five of the week to 9 o'clock, but I will tell you the topic is top five storylines that could play out in the postseason this year, in the the NFL postseason, to be clear. So that'll be that nine. We'll take some of your calls on this. The opponent that you're maybe the most worried about in the AFC side of the bracket going into the postseason and maybe the team that you're most worried about facing the first round that could win the AFC South. All that coming your way next on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin and Spencer in for J.P. tonight on The Fan. I have a map out. I was trying to think of one more and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was right in front of my face the entire time. I also have an honorable mention, and another one that maybe we could talk about as a group here in studio when we get to that. That'll be at 9 o'clock. Daryl Ryder, our Browns Beat reporter, coming up at 9.20. I'm asking you guys right now, though, the question of which team in the AFC would you most be worried about facing on a playoff run? Which one scares you the most? I guess both from a standpoint of, who are they? Who is the possibility in the first round between the Texans, the Colts, and the Jaguars? Who scares you? But then also, beyond that, which team do you think is the biggest threat or the, the biggest challenger that would give the Browns some trouble? And, and my answer to that question is the Kansas City Chiefs. My answer to the first round question is actually, and this, I, I don't know, maybe this won't surprise people, a caller sort of hinted at this earlier, but – uh. I actually would be most worried about playing the Texans. And I think the answer is probably probably pretty obvious, but the first time those two teams met on Christmas Eve, not so long ago, they didn't have their most important player, C.J. Stroud. And the idea of going up against him uh, scares me because I think he's legit. I wouldn't want that defense to face him. I know Trevor Lawrence is very good as well, but you've already proven you can beat that team With Trevor Lawrence, and he's a little bit banged up, I'm just not as worried about him as I am, this kind of unknown that C.J. Stroud is, as he's taken the league by storm this year. So the team I'd like to avoid is Houston. Hopefully the Jags win, and that's that. We don't have to worry about it. But if the Jags lose, I hope to God the Colts beat the Texans somehow. Uh, Ron in Lakewood, you're up next in the fan on this topic. What's going on, Ron? Okay. Okay. My concern, I agree with you, you
3: took took my talk away a little bit, but my concern is Kansas City and also Houston. But moving forward, also adding on to the mix, Josh Allen concerns me, and so does Lamar Jackson. I believe the Browns defense has a better chance of going to Baltimore to beat them, opposed to Kansas City, mainly because of Mr. Patrick Mahomes, and obviously... So they're contending, you know, Super Bowl champions too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so that's
0: what I got. Um, so you said Buffalo and Baltimore, but the Chiefs are still the top? Yeah, Kansas City's top of the list. You got to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You got to beat him. I think that's fair, Ron. I, I, I think that's a fair answer for a lot of people. And that's the thing. Like, I, again, I understand the Chiefs aren't – a juggernaut this year like they have been in previous seasons, their offense has some flaws in their defense, but their de- that, that's maybe the thing for me. Their defense is so, so good. that Usually it's the offense carrying that team. This year it's been the defense carrying that team. And so to have to face that defense and know that at any moment Patrick Mahomes could pull off the unthinkable, and that's all it takes in the playoffs is, is one moment or one play here or there, all of a sudden, you're talking about a different ball game, and that does worry me. <sighs> yeah. I just... I don't know. Like I said, I think the best way to surmise it is that you don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. That time of year, specifically. And so, it's likely that the Browns will have to face until the AFC Championship game anyway. But if you can avoid that team altogether... If Buffalo did go in as a wild card, which is less likely if they lose to the Dolphins that they do, they, they, they're more likely to make it winning the division against the, the Dolphins and then going in than they do as a wild card as the sixth seed. If like I, I'd love to see how that Buffalo game goes in Kansas City, assuming that's that would be where they were. And if they knock them off, I mean, it would be a godsend for what's next. Not that I don't think Buffalo is a challenge either. I... I, I Josh Allen, same sort of thing applies. He's a great quarterback. Playoffs, um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think the teams are the answer. I, I do think too, in terms of the first round matchups. I'm curious if people have a different answer than the Texans because I don't like, I don't listen. I don't want to make it sound like we're sleeping on the Jags here. The Jags have been a good team. I mean, they were eight and three at one point, and things have kind of fallen apart late because of injuries. Which, by the way. That the the Jaguar story this season, or sort of the 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 arc that they've been on throughout the year to be eight and three at one point, and the the sort of fall not fall from grace entirely, but they at one point were in the mix for the one seed, and now they're locked in as the four seed. And they they if they lose, they're they're likely out of the playoffs. To be nine and seven now, things took a turn for them, and. You talk about the Browns overcoming so many injuries, they've had a lot of injuries kind of down the stretch here that have derailed things for them a little bit. Christian Kirk, you have obviously Trevor Lawrence has been dealing with some injuries, and he was out a bunch of games. So it's a testament to the Browns being able to do what they've done to be able to boast the second-best rec- the second best record in the conference given everything they've been through. When you see a team like Jacksonville sort of falter and lose a step because of some of the injuries – it's a pretty remarkable feat, and it, it kind of puts in context just how special this has been for the, for the Browns this year, given all the injuries they've dealt with. Later on, by the way, I want to get into why I think the playoffs... The NFL needs to adjust the playoffs. We need what the NBA does. Just make it the top seeds and the top records... Get rid of this entire – oh, I almost almost got us in trouble there. Get rid of all the garbage with division winners. I don't don't need that. I don't need that. You know what? Forget it. We can hash this out right now. The idea that in 2023 this is how the NFL still operates to the point where you're getting a division champ who's around 500 – Getting to host a first round game. And I get some of the, the the lore in that it gives each conference or each division and each region that the division's kind of broken down into something to play for down the stretch of the season. Like, oh, this is our chance to still play a meaningful playoff game and and host somebody, and we're still in the mix. The Atlanta Falcons still in the mix, going in the last week of the season as a sub five hundred team, because you know what? They can host a playoff game if they somehow finish with a better record than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are also right around 500 this season. Like, it, but, but guys, I don't care about the. I don't care if it's that way because it's been done. It's been done that way forever. I'm sure at a point in time that made a lot more sense. But now, it just flatly doesn't. Why should the Browns be punished for having? The second best record in the AFC, right as things stand today. Why should they be punished and have to go on the road for a bunch of games when they won more games, arguably in a tougher division than some of these other teams like the Colts and the Jaguars play in? How are they getting punished for that? For for putting up a better record just because the Ravens are going to finish a, a couple games better than them? Like that's garbage to me. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a it's a Browns thing and we're in Cleveland and all that. Like this is across the board. I don't want to see these the teams that have it's the same thing in the the uh, the NFC because in the NFC you're gonna get uh, the example I use the Buccaneers are gonna win a, win the division maybe and host a playoff game and Dallas and Philadelphia happen to play each other and be in a tougher division. I guess not. Maybe that's not entirely true because. The Washington and New York are garbage, but um, still, like, why do they get punished for finishing with a better record in a tough division, and they have to sort of be the one? They they then have to be the ones to go on the road. Just when the season ends, reseed meritocracy style based off of where you finished, what your record is. In that instance. Guess what? The Browns right now, as things stand, would be your number two seed in the AFC. Think about that for a second. Wrap your head around that for a second. The Browns would be your number two seed in the AFC. So they'd avoid the Ravens for a while. They'd get to host a playoff game in the first round, likely in the second round. I don't know, man. I At this point, it doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a fix. I guess on some level there's money involved because owners like the idea of like, oh, well, it's an extra home game for uh, the division winner. But I'm sorry. You shouldn't be rewarded for your team playing in a garbage-ass division, which is what we're getting in the NFC South, kind of what we're getting in the AFC South, although I think the Texans being good was was sort of a surprise to people, and there's a lot of people who have cheered for them, especially here in Ohio because of the CJ Stroud story. But every year there's at least one. Every year there's one division that gets a home game because somebody wins it and they don't deserve a home game because their division stunk. And this year a team like Cleveland gets screwed, teams like Dallas or or Philly get screwed out of a home game, even though they have a better record. Like, they earn that. Give it to the teams that earn it based off of record, not just because there's an ancillary rule in place that says, well, because you play in this region and you're part of this division, guess what, if you come out on top, your reward is a home game. No, 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 no. Win more games. If you win more games, then your reward is a home game. Otherwise, your reward for winning your division, finishing the top of your division, might be making the playoffs. But you got to be in the mix in the top seven at least. That's how it should work. If an entire division gets left out, sorry, entire division gets left out. I don't care about the regionality of it all. Be better. Shouldn't give these owners just freebies to just coast and put out mediocre football because, well, hey, feather in the cap, we won the NFC South. We were 8-9, but we still won the NFC South, and we got to host a playoff game. How about that? Stupid. 216 double 92 If you want to jump in on anything we've talked about so far tonight or anything that lies ahead, you can also hit me up on Twitter, at spencito 2 underscore, when we get back. I unveiled the topic. It is top five storylines, potential storylines for the NFL playoffs. I give you my top five Tuesday next on 92.3 The Fan.